Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to episode 13 of the Stay Humble podcast. Today's guest, Kofi Smiles, is the breakfast presenter for Radio Humberside. Firstly, Kofi tells me how he found his purpose for TV and radio presenting and what it was like to be the face of Hull during City of Culture year. We discuss the challenges this year has brought for him and his listeners and Kofi gives his free tips for Lockdown 2.0. And finally, we talk about Kofi's plans for the future. I hope you enjoy this episode. Stay tuned at the end if you're interested in Stay Humble Support Bubble Group. Stay safe, stay humble. Welcome to Stay Humble Podcast, Kofi Smiles. How are you feeling today? Well, I'm good. I'm glad I'm here. I'm like, it's taking us a while. Well, I see it's taking us a little bit. Bit of time for us to get here, but I, I watched some of the other ones that you did. Obviously, I saw like um, Hull's Grand King, Chidi Arakas, which I thought was class. Um, and um, what was the other gentleman who films the rugby? What was his name? Uh, Sean Burton, who films yeah. grassroots rugby media, yeah. That was really interesting because, like, I started off when I was younger. One of the first sports teams I started playing for was Kingdom Vikings because obviously I grew up in Wivensey and that was rugby league team. And then it wasn't until I started going to school in Hull, when I started at Hull Grammar, where I switched over to um, um, Rugby Union. So it was yeah. interesting, like, sort of, and obviously at work, there's KRFC, we're drowning in rugby league, aren't we? So it was just nice to sort of hear his story and his involvement and um, how the, um, is it, is it RN, RNLI? I can't remember. <laughs> Uh, the rugby league is it federation rugby football league yeah it's yeah. um yeah it's part of the partnership there he, he got um he got asked to obviously help promote the game for grassroots rugby which he's doing he's a great advocate of that unfortunately with the current situation he's not been able to record but like obviously he's it's been really good to to get people's input in terms of that in terms of like um just his perspective on the way like uh he, he records and is and what got him involved in that. And I'd like to ask you yourself, really, like, um, how did you sort of find your your interests or purpose going towards, you know, radio or radio presenting or presenting on TV? How did that come about? Um, oh man, great question. Um, I don't know how long you've got. Uh, <laughs> I think ever since I was a kid, music has always been like a big love of mine, music and storytelling. And you know, some people might say that they're one and the same because some people express themselves and tell their stories through song, you know, regardless of either way it's the art form, the two, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a form of art, a form of expression. And mum and dad always listen to various types of music, a lot of like um, hip life, a lot, which is like um, a genre of music that comes out of West Africa, comes out of Ghana. And um, they listen to, my mum and dad listen to everything. So anything from Dave Grusin, jazz and, you know, Annie Lennox, you know, you know early 90s pop, Tina Turner, Phil Collins, you know, Genesis and um, um, what do you call it? Billy Joel, all this sort of Johnny, Johnny Nash and all this stuff. I said Johnny Nash, not Johnny Cash. Everyone's like, do you mean Johnny Cash? I'm like, no, I said what I said. I mean, <laughs> I mean Johnny Nash. He was like a pop uh, sort of soul singer from like the 80s, from the 70s, 80s. He recently died, actually, unfortunately. Um, same day as Eddie Van Halen. Um, yeah, and, you know, listen to rock music. And because I had, we were so, like, inundated with different sounds and, you know, um, experiences and good times with it. Some of that carried with me in, you know, growing up. And, you know, this is back back in the day of, you know, having to listen to the top 40 and, you know, recording your songs on a cassette player and stuff like that. So me and my sisters were always doing that on a weekend. You know, it comes to Sunday, we'd have it on and things. And, you know, I've always had a lot of good experiences around music. And my mum and dad have always, well, mainly my mum, 
really encouraged me to read. So I'd get my sisters like sort of like hand me down books, you know, all the Enid Blyton stuff, the famous famous five, you know, all the Roald Dahl stuff, and you know, and it got to a point where I sort of started outgrowing them. I'm not really liking them because you know you get to a point where you know young boys so I, I didn't want to read some of the stuff that they were reading there was a lot of neutral stuff but then I was really started getting into things like the Goosebumps books and like um, 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 some of the um, talking stuff and I started reading like fantasy books by David Gemmell and I was reading more um, Marvel comics and stuff like that or any comics I could really get my hands off at the time so it was just anything that was like engaging that was a story that I would really fall into because I don't know it just felt like I was sort of stepping out and away from the world that I was sort of growing up in around here, where for quite a lot of the time I felt like I was a little bit of an outsider, mainly just because of being the, like, the only black kid in school, the only black kid in the whole town and stuff. You know, there was always those sort of feeling of difference, even though you didn't realise it, there was always, always something there, like a veil, a thin veil I couldn't quite pierce, but I knew it was there. And, you know, dealing with those sort of like feelings of difficult times, it was easier to to sort of jump into another world, jump into a fantasy book or listen to some music and figure out what the world was doing. It was a huge part of escapism. And as I got a little bit older and like, you know, my friendship groups got a little bit more secure. Um, you know, we were the generation that grew up with things like Jackass and Dirty Sanchez and watching um, Zane on MTV2 doing Gonzo, like, you know, and I always use this example, listening to this dude from New Zealand with black frame glasses and a shaved head talk about Incubus um, you know, one of the, you know, I guess most prolific new metal bands and rock bands um, of our generation. And then dancing around talking about like Far Side or Naughty by Nature or Tribe Called Quest. And then going in to talk about like Chemical Brothers. And I was like, who is this dude talking about like so many different genres of music? And like, you know, because at that time when I was like 13, 14, 15, you was either an entertainment presenter or you talk about pop or you was a specialist in rock or dance or hip hop. You know what I mean? And um but Zane was doing it all, and I was like, boom, that's what I want to do. That's, you know, I want to be able to sort of talk about music. But then I started, um, my, my friends and I would got really, really obsessed with, like, things like the MTV Video Awards. So I don't know if you remember the MTV Video Awards. Like, you'd always have, like, a guest presenter. So one year, they had um, Jimmy Fallon and um, Justin Timberlake. And all the, they, in between the awards and, you know, throughout the ceremony, they would have themselves sort of green screened into little sketches of films that had been released that year. And I remember one year, I think it was, what was the second Matrix film called? Was it, you know, the Matrix 2, Matrix Reloaded? Reloaded. Reloaded, yeah. They had, you know, a hilarious set of sketches in that. And there was some sketches from like, you know, Star Wars and Revenge of the Sith. And it was just fun. Do you know what I mean? It was just funny stuff. And it was all about pop culture and nerdy stuff that I was into and music. So I was like, that's the world I want to be in. But I never thought there was any access to there. I never thought, how do I get there? Because my mum and dad were like, you know, you know, they didn't really know much about that world. They didn't really have anyone to reference how to get into that world, how to get a good job, a secure job in that place. So I was sort of guided to more like things like law, pharmacy, medicine, just things that were secure. But then as I got a little bit older and obviously I went from Hall Grammar to Heimers, from Heimers to Wilberforce College, hold tight Wilberforce College, by the way, it was awesome. I loved it, Wilberforce, Wilberforce College for life. Um, I managed to meet teachers that were sort of being able to push me towards that space, push me towards that area of like media and say, look, there's ways to do it. Um, so I went and did English and journalism at university and having some like prior experience with my mates, 
messing around in Widensee, like on the market stalls, on the skate park, on the beach, just riding around on the backs of, you know, well, my mates had scooters when they were like 16 and I'd get on the back with my like high eight video camera and we'd just be riding around filming stuff, recreating our own jackass stuff, stealing trolleys and things. And, you know, I did nothing with the footage. I've still got most of it here now, but like we just filmed it and then come back and play it back and be like, oh my God, look at how Matty bailed and cracked his head on, on the pavement there. And we'd all just be laughing back at all this like footage and stuff. And, you know, it was just ears to be able to sort of capture these moments. Imagine what the soundtrack would be like. And, you know, it was, you know, it was just something that I've always like wanted to do. It never felt like work. And it wasn't until university where on my course after my first year, which was we spent an, an entire year learning how to sort of write for broadcast newspapers, learning how to write articles. We were told in first year, in second year, it's like, kind of forget all that. Think about how you're going to take that 1500 word essay and turn that into like a 500 or 250 word essay with a, with a video to go along with it. So we had to learn how to film, how to edit. And then me and some friends, we found, we, we found out like we could, you know, rent equipment from the university. So we used to go and, interview bands and artists that were coming in and into the city and interview DJs and people that were putting nights on and stuff. And we made a little thing of it. We had our own sort of radio, um, student radio and, and I just fell into it from there because it was just, it was just meant, it was just everything that I thought I'd love to do. Didn't think I could do and was able to do. We weren't getting paid because we were like students and, you know, the quality was like, it was good, good student quality. But when you look back at it, you're like, oh, God, burn it. We need to take this off the internet. We can't let anybody see that we were part of it. But that was part of the journey. And that was where you could cut your teeth. Like, um, but um, yeah, that, doing that was, was massive. And I had a great time. But it got to a point where I finished university. I did like a year of my master's. Um, I was working for Apple um, up in Newcastle. And, you know, I spent four years, sort of four years, four and a half years with I don't want to say my life was on pause, but working in a job that paid well, but I didn't get that sort of enjoyment. I had some good friends there, and I kind of feel like I was turning up because we had a laugh, we got paid well. It wasn't exactly the most difficult job, and there was all this like progression that they promised, and you almost had to, you know, you have to take, but it's not where my heart was. And I remember, like, you know, it came to a point where I broke up with my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, well, why am I actually here? So I came back to Hull. Um, I came back to Wivensea, moved back here with my mum and dad, and there was like, you know, I need to figure this out. My mum was like, you know, just, you know, what is it you want to do? And I said, look, it's media. Does it mean? If it, is it TV? Is it radio? Is it film? So ended up getting a job in London, um, working for my mates, um, grilled cheese, um, food vendor, did like events, festivals, that sort of thing. And I was working for him while trying to get work experience and stuff, and um, did that for about, lived on his couch for about nine months in London, came back up. Um, was home for a bit had a few jobs in retail and stuff here and there then managed to get a job on a film set um, on a, on a um, BAFTA winning movie God's Own Country and just as a runner but it gave me enough you know, some experience and I met some good people and then um, I wasn't sure what was going to happen after that work dried up a lot I was doing things like script write and um, script revisions so you know companies production companies would get scripts in and then, then, then they would send them out to people to sort of read them, break them down, see what the audience is, is for this, see where you can market it, go through it, see where the potential was and you'd break them down and send them back and you'd, some people would pay like 20 quid or 50 quid per script. But then that started drying up. So, you know, I was on the job centre and then uh, I just started doing some uh, admin work with them. And then it was interesting, the whole face of whole thing came up when we went into 2017, as we were going into 2017. So the BBC were looking for someone to represent the um 
represent the city as a reporter for online radio and TV while we went for our City of Culture year. And, um, you know, I, I sort of saw the advertisement there and I was like, oh, you know, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a black guy with dreadlocks, piercings and tattoos. I'm not exactly what, you know, someone would imagine when you picture someone from Hull, let alone, you know, someone to represent it and be the, you know, quote unquote, the face of it, whatever that face could be. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, the night before the audition and I only told my sisters and my mum and my, like, my, my two best mates, two of my best mates, Luke and, oh no, Luke, Gaz, and I told, you know, Bax, Bax as well, Bax and Emmy. Um, there was only like a small group of people that knew that yeah. I was going for it. Because in Paris, I was like, you know, why would they pick me? Do you know what I mean? They're gonna, clearly, they're going to want someone who was white. Do you know what I mean? But my sister was like, look, you don't know. You know what I mean? You don't know. And you shouldn't really think like that because you, know, you just don't know what they're after. You know, they want someone who's got like a relationship with the city. I, I grew up in Hull. I live in Wincy, but I went to school in Hull. So like my weekends were spent there. We used to walk back from Welly to Withensee, do you know what I mean, on some nights out just so we could get some food. It would take hours. By the time I got back from Welly, I'd have to get ready for... I have to get ready to co- get the bus back to co- back to Hull for college. Do you know what I mean? You, just, you don't think straight when you're drunk and you're no. 17, 18. Uh, so it's just like, um, but yeah, I had a lot of big experiences there. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll go for it. So, so um, yeah, I, I went for it. And it was interesting at the time I was offered a job in London um, with a production company to work with one of the execs to sort of help, um, I guess, produce TV shows and help with moving stuff. And it was, it was, it was a huge opportunity, but... I'd only just found out about the second round of this first of all thing. So we had, it was like 200 people turn up. We had a minute to impress the judges and then um, with like anything, any reason why we should be picked. And I had this like spin wheel with six things on it, which attracted me to the city or my relationship to Hull. And the plan was to get one of the judges up as like my assistant and like they would spin the wheel and whatever it landed on, I would like have, I gave myself 10 seconds to give an explanation of them. And then the whole ideal was, right, look, judges, we've got six things on the board. There's four judges. I've got six prizes in the box. However many we get through, um, you could win six prizes. So um, I had a picture of William Wilberforce, Spiders Nightclub, Viking FM. And in hindsight, I probably should have put Radio Humberside. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then the Humber Bridge. And what was it? Clive Sullivan, Spiders Nightclub, Clive Sullivan, Humber Bridge. Um, Viking FM, William Wilberforce, and um, oh god, what was that song? Is it Wilberforce College? Can't remember. Um, yeah, and just basically, just so I could use them as prompts. So we spoke about William Wilberforce, his legacy of the city. Do you know what I mean? Son of Hull, all that sort of stuff. Clive Sullivan was one of the first sort of black rugby players I was aware of when I was a kid, and his legacy and everything about that. And Humber Bridge, obviously, I was working out of Hull. Anytime, you know, you you know that drive when you've been away and you see those red dots in the distance, like. I'm almost home. You can be feeling a bit knackered or you just be like, oh God, this journey's taken ages. But as soon as you see those dots of the Humber Bridge, you're like, boom, it's home. It's the first thing. Like, it's nowhere like it. Do you know what I mean? There's no, there's no feeling like that saying, I'm almost home. I'm almost home when you see the Humber Bridge. It's like it's there just like sort of like beckon you in, beckon you back into the city and stuff. And I spoke about spiders about one night where I went there and this girl I was like dating was like, you know, no offence, but it's not going to work out. She's off having a good time and I'm real upset and everyone's trying to like cheer me up, all these strangers and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just all these little stories which I thought were quite funny. And, you know, when I finished, I gave them the prizes and I printed off like a picture of me at like three years old. So I was like, you know, when you're making your decision, um, make sure you make these little boys' dreams come true. So they had something physical on the desk. Yeah. So, they had- so 
yeah, I went through that and the whole sort of audition, that process got us through into the next 10 where we had like, um, like a day of tests. So we had to do two video tests with um, a camera off and we had to do a radio test and an interview with the editor of um, BBC Radio Ambassador North. So I went through that whole process and then um, it went down from 10 to 3 and then 3 to me. So then I've been with the BBC for like four, it'll be four years at the end of November um, since I started with them. And yeah, I started off, you know, just filming, editing, covering all the stuff for the City of Culture and I had my show on a weekend and we did stuff for the news channel and did, you know, a few bits with various outlets, Radio 1, BBC, you know, Radio Radio 4, um, done some stuff with Stitch Music. And yeah, it's been, it's been, a, it's been an absolute ride. And all of this has just come out of like, I guess like my love of just storytelling. And I'm, I think maybe I say storytelling, but being a bit nosy, I'm so interested by like why people do stuff or what makes people tick. And, you know, I've always been interested in sort of writing and script, script writing, storytelling. I thought, you know, where do you get the best stories from people? You know, they tell you that something has happened and you look into how that's affected them and how that sort of causes them to react in certain ways going forward it's you know I, I just I just think people are interesting I say people and experiences and stuff so yeah in a in a in a in a long way yeah that's how I got into what I'm doing right now I'm still here now I've, I've, I've gone from doing all the um, city culture stuff to having my show and platform called No Filter which was you know pretty much like imagine if BBC3 was a radio station it was a radio show uh, myself, my colleague Martha Mangan, we used to um, do that. The show was on Monday nights. Martha runs it now, and we used to film and do videos and put them up online. And um, I recently took over the breakfast show um, in September from James Pycos. And yeah, that's what I'm. That's my main bit now. Just doing more. It's it's flipped now because before it was like more digital stuff and less radio, but now I'm doing more radio and less digital stuff, which is like you know, it's cool. I do miss it a little bit. We had a lot more freedom with music and. The type of conversations we could we had like we had some funny stuff like we were sharing so we were talking about like you know what was we're all sharing stories about uh, losing our virginity like a friend of mine has a podcast which has uh, four five women talking candidly and anonymously about sex and relationships and they were down the line it was really interesting because you know the whole conversation was driven around you know why is it that people some people build up losing their virginity why is it a big thing do you just sort of get it over and done with and move on and learn about pleasure and sex because school's not going to tell you that or do you, you, know, do you is it like a Dawson's Creek thing where you've got those you know candles and you know someone's in the in the corner playing their acoustic guitar I didn't mean or something like that. <laughs> it's just you know making it really cheesy because that's what it's like in teen dramas isn't it and it's like does yeah, that give does that give teenagers young people a really sort of um false expectation about sex and relationships so you know you know some on the surface some of the stuff was like oh that's a bit weird or bit mature but when we get deep when we go deeper into it there was a lot of sort of context to it and it was a lot it was a lot of fun got to playlist it myself with Martha and stuff yeah it was good but you know sometimes you got to sort of um step out your comfort zone don't you and like try something new like so yeah Oh, it's quite a quite a thorough story in terms of how you found that purpose in terms of getting into radio and stuff like that. And what I wanted to just f- sort of further go on to, I mean, obviously, congratulations on having that breakfast show now on Thank Radio Humberside as Thank well. You. And and um, what I wanted to ask was just going back onto the like the year of twenty seventeen with the City of Culture. How was that as a year for yourself? Like being a part of that that year, you know, obviously f- with all the events that was going on in the city. In the and, and to be honest, there was a real buzz. I'd say in Hull at that time, you know, with all like the, the things going on in terms of the events and, and stuff that was going on, it was a really great year to be in the city when that was happening. 
Yeah. Um, do you know what? Like, one thing I've taken from 2017 is, like, take it in. Because one thing I said to myself, I said, if I get this role, if I get this role as a first I'm not going to drink the entire year because I want to be able to absorb it. And, like, I knew there was going to be a lot of parties. You know I mean, I knew that it was going to be quite well, quite fast. And I didn't want to be, like, hungover. I didn't want to be slow. And I knew that, you know... When I got the role, the sort of there was quite a lot of resistance to me taking part of the role. People were like it's not even from Hull, and you know there's quite a lot of racist stuff as well. So it was like, look, I don't want to give anyone an excuse to doubt me or for me to sort of be thrown off this. So I'm just gonna like I'm gonna do the whole thing sober. And that makes it makes it sound like I had a drinking problem, but I just wanted to be alert. And even though I went through it, and yeah, I did the whole year not touching a bit of alcohol. Like I just I was too i was really caught up in everything covering everything being part of everything which is damn near impossible because the guys um the culture guys had so much stuff planned we couldn't get everywhere you know what i mean we just couldn't get everywhere and it was like quite frustrating and i was like look i'm only here for a year i want to just like just absorb it and take it all in and i think yes it was driving me but it was also a bit of a negative because i wasn't really sort of always taking in some of the moments that I should have been and, and it wasn't it's not until I look back at pictures or my one second a day video and things like that I'm like oh god that happened oh yeah it was amazing we met these individuals and sometimes I find myself on my Instagram going back and just thinking did that actually happen it feels like it didn't happen because just, just the vibe the, the change in people's attitude which I think quite a lot of these lingered now I think people are more open that like there's more um, people wanting to try things, willingly try stuff. Um, and I think it, it's given people that uplifted confidence. It's a shame it didn't sort of carry on for a bit longer, but being in the centre of it or being part of the centre of it and just watch it unfold and, like, the best thing, like, seeing the many different different demographics of Hull, which some people might not believe we have in the city, like, in terms of, you know, financial demographics and um, uh, um, racial demographics, gender demographics, um, age demographics, sexual demographics, everyone's just sort of coming together and trying something being there to celebrate what Hull has to offer and what the meaning of Hull is, especially during that first week with the This Is Hull. Do you know what I mean? The light display, the amount of people that were like, I've seen it 12 times. Oh, you know what I mean? I went on, I went on Monday and I went around twice. I went back Tuesday three times. And it's just like, whoa, this is the first week. And then the blade, that whole sort of debate about, oh, when it was getting installed, people watching it on that Facebook Live and then everyone's just like, it's fake. It's all like, you know, well, fake news and stuff. Like, no, this is real. They should have left it. I'm really mad they took it out. of, out of that. What a, what a great sort of monument to the year. They just left that, that thing in the centre of Queen Victoria Square. It was, it was phenomenal. Like, it was, I don't want to say it was hard to imagine it's going to be that, like that because I don't want to say, like, I don't want to um, sort of indicate that Hull didn't have that potential to make the year what it was. But it was hard to imagine that it was going to be that good. Like, there was some stuff that just caught you off guard. Or you might look in the brochure and be like, oh, okay. Um, um, was it, I can't remember well, I know what it's called. Um, there was one event which was in, I always get it mixed up with 2097, which had like an interactive theatre piece in the old, you know, that building that's opposite King Billy that's now Flats. Yeah. Yeah, so it was in there. So. It was like an old bank. And that was incredible. And I got a couple of my mates to come down to that. And that was one of the few things other than, um, the big weekend that they did and obviously the big weekend coming to like um coming to Burton Constable I did did you go I did yeah I did I went on the Sunday mate come on it was like having like a festival in your back garden because it, there was people there that you knew people there that you know of do you know what I mean and when do we ever get that and the fact that they said look not well, 90 95 percent of the tickets go to people from Hull and any of the surrounding postcodes 
you know, just that was that was the moment where I was like, geez, big big weekends here. Kingsley are in Hull, Kate Perry's in Hull. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, Heimer in Hull. It was just like, you know, Storms is here in Hull. Um, Biffy, Fla- Biffy Clyro is here in Hull. Just it was just everything that you know we really wanted more. And there was it felt like for the most part there was something for everyone. Or there was you know there was a lot of free events. Um, I, I think maybe they could have done a lot better with accessibility and making you know people from maybe some of the estates and some of the fringes feel a bit more included but there's a lot of stuff on where you know i don't know if you're someone who might be into going to the theater or someone that might be interested in ballet but there were nights where you can just go and pay what you think it's worth and like some of these productions like you know they had the ballet in the queen in, in queen's gardens and it, whilst it was on live at the um whole new theater some of that stuff cost you know, tickets would have been at least 60 70 80 quid 100 quid but they were there for free or you could come pay you know, two, three pounds for the family. And that was an opportunity because you imagine being a little kid, being introduced to something you've, you've heard of, you might have heard in class, or you've read about books, but you're experiencing it for the few time. Who knows what, you know, young boys and girls are going to watch the ballet and think, oh my God, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I wanted to give it a go because Hull's, and then you find out Hull's got such a rich history of um, prima um, ballerinas. And I'm not sure what the male term for the male ballerina is. Um, uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's got like a big history of like uh, turning over high quality um, uh, ballet dancers, male and female, who go on to like perform in Russia and all around the world and think, okay, I could be part of that legacy as well. I think people were seeing that. And, you know, I think that is, I think for now, I know we've got COVID getting in the way of everything. I just hope that hasn't sort of planted itself on top of those memories, on top of those feelings of the younger kids, of younger minds. Even in fact, no, not just young kids, of anyone from this city who feels like, Oh, you know, I come from Hull, which was voted the, um, you know, what is it, the worst town in the UK to live in, in, you know, one year. And I know we're at the top of a not so sort of glamorous table at the moment with COVID, but you know what I mean, there's still, we, we can overcome this. And yeah, it was just, it was, it was just, it was just one of those, like, it was just one of those years where I wish, even though I took in so much, I just feel like I could take in more if I was a little bit more like focused on just, um, the, staying in the moment a little bit more and obviously I, I was my contract was just for that year and I was always thinking oh what about the next year what, you know, how do I keep my job and I was a bit worried about like you know what's the next step rather than like sort of really solidify, solidify myself in that moment in that year thinking a little bit thinking a lot about this year and what's going on and taking everything in but then also thinking about oh what am I going to do next what was if they don't keep me on what was if they're not space for me where can I go and stuff so but the main thing from that is right now I'm just like Next, you know, next twelve months, just focus on the breakfast show. Just keep your mind on that. Not I'd like to say, I'd I'd totally agree with you. It was one of them sort of epic years that was twenty seventeen with City of Culture and. Yeah, like I say, it was, it was great to get your sort of insight in terms of what it was to experience that. Obviously, being the face of face of it and been in the moment really and I think that's a positive thing that you took in terms of being you know going through sort of sobriety in terms of not drinking through the year to actually experience that feel and, and be part mm-hmm. of it because obviously you wouldn't like say you would hate to not experience that that would be uh, yeah so that's a real positive thing I think that you did and what I wanted to just sort of go into now is more sort of your present at the moment obviously like you say you're, you're now presenting the, the breakfast show on Radio Humberside but obviously we are mm-hmm. currently going through a, a of lockdown and stuff and I just wanted to get your sort of like opinion on how you coped during like the last sort of this year how have you been able to manage yourself in terms of yourself how you've been able to sort of motivate your listeners and keep them positive and stuff like that you know keep them in a in that way um 
I've got, I've, I've got to be really mindful about this because, you know, one of the big things that a lot of people have experienced this year is, I think, is a lot of displacement. So many people are displaced and it's easy for me to be like, oh, not much has changed for me because, you know, I've, had, I've, I've worked a lot. And for a lot of people, work, jobs, finances has been something that's so integral to their day-to-day, so stressful that um, that has shook a lot of people's foundations. So for me, having worked the entire time and, and, you know, throughout this whole time, I've had this structure. I haven't necessarily been locked down in my house, you know what I mean? I, I've, you know, obviously I've had to, you know, when I'm not at work, I've had to sit at home and do my, you know, at the time my government sanctioned 60 minutes of exercise and stuff. But for the most part, I've been out, I've been like out with work, I've been active. So, and I think we said before, the only thing that's changed for me is the gym, like having to train outside, having to train at home. But um, it's been tough and it's been like, you know, how, how do we, how do we keep people, the whole ethos of the BBC has been like, how do we keep people informed of what's going on? How do we make sure they, uh, they're up to date with what's going on? How do we keep people entertained and how do we help people stay connected and help them out? So we've had this whole thing at work called the uh, make, uh, make a Difference Desk where people who need a bit of help or need to find the right information and don't have, let's say, the internet or access to the certain devices or, you know, you know people at work and you know, they're, they're furloughed and the furlough isn't covered enough and they need a new cooker. How can we at the BBC help? So I was doing a lot of the Make a Difference stuff quite at the start of it and centre of it, which was really, really good and really sort of rewarding, you know, being able to sort of just go and pick up, you know, a bag of board games and from one person and drop them off at someone else's house do you know what I mean that sort of thing or someone's got um you know, just spare items or someone wants to say oh that person who called up and needs their grass cutting or needs some decorating done if they're cool with me coming in I could get the right sort of like PPE gear and help them out or that person needs a haircut because that haircut's going to make them feel better you know, we can lock these stuff down and which has been really really cool and that's sort of stuff we've been doing internal but on air it's literally just been about listening to people what they want to talk about, if they're getting in touch with us, if it's somebody that's, you know, affecting them, if it's some of that, you know, or if it's some of that that people need to get off their chest, you know, we let them know and reiterate that, look, this is your BBC, you're a licensed fee payer, let us use our resources to help you, let us use our resources to sort of entertain you. And you know, I think, I guess it's just like, I'm trying not to go into it thinking too hard where if we're going to the breakfast show, it, you know, stuff that makes me laugh, you know, that is, you know, having a laugh with, our roving reporters and sometimes that's the wonderful Amanda White and we've got Lucy Clark as well I've got a great team of like producers where we're like okay we know that and this you know figure my language this it's like we know that things are shit you know we need to sort of remind you know let people know that yeah things are pretty bad this is why they're bad but here's something to take you away from the badness you know what I mean so it's having that sort of dancing around that formula and you know, like we were talking about before knowing what to sort of go in and how you know if I'm going to talk about how bad if, let's say this is an example I'm not saying this is happening let's say you know this horrific stuff going on a whole royal it's like you know, I'm not going to be talk about something really fun and bubbly and then talk about whole royal and then going to something bubbly again it's like you know we can lead into it because you want to ease into people about what's happened setting the concepts and stuff so yeah. it really helps me with understanding the audience and like navigating through these through these valleys of, of you know how to set the tone for what will come because you know for a lot of people some people are glued to the radio every day that their lifeline and their contact with the outside world is the conversations that we're having and how we're going into it so it's like you know we, we don't want, we want people to know things this is serious you know wash your hands you know and socially distance only travel when you need to travel um and then obviously um wear your face mask but then it's like, 
also here's something funny or some of that's quite interesting that's happened or here's something that's really really nice so you want to know what's going on over in orchard park about how how a community is banded together to help strangers whose house is burnt down yeah this has happened from the actions of an individual and this is what's come from it because you're like wow do you know what i mean the fact that so much you know crappy stuff is happening and it's, it's not an ideal situation for anyone at the moment everyone is struggling in some sort of way and that's fine but like let's remind you of some of the good stuff that's happening and some of the interesting things that people are doing and let's save it for the creatives who industry has been taken from themselves but are putting stuff out on facebook and instagram and you know doing all these live sort of concerts to keep people going and it's you know all the independents that are staying open um leveling up um being able to navigate this covid space to keep us fed or to keep us entertained you know what i mean or to sort of like you know sell us their produce and it's just it's illustrating what the communities mean within Hull, within East Ryden of Yorkshire, with East Northern Lincolnshire, and amplifying that and letting people know that, look, there's some cool stuff happening. This is where you can find it. Um, but it's been quite, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's interesting just seeing how resilient people can be. But then, like, you know, people are also very fragile at the same time. And it's, it's been, um, it's very eye-opening to just how we can be as people. Do you know what I mean? We can get behind each other and, you know, we can fall apart, but then we can be put back together again. And it's just like, I don't know, there's been some really beautiful scenes, there's been some really sad scenes. And it's just something that I'm glad that I'm in a situation where I don't have other stuff necessarily worrying me or um, um, getting in the way that I'm able to sort of, you know, really help other people get through it in a, in a I guess, you know, with, with as much of a smile on their face as possible, even if I am singing terribly over you know people's favorite songs and destroying people's favorite tunes you know which i'm sorry but not sorry (laughs) (laughs) but i think that's massively important that humber side is that sort of community that support and community like you say there's some people that are getting obviously those that were shielding and people like that they they were able to get outside and that one that connection that they have to listen to radio is that really important thing for them to have that You know, I think that's really important that that's still there and that's keeping the, the people's spirit up and stuff like that. That's the, the most important thing. I know it's going to be a, a lot more challenging few months probably to come, I imagine. But oh, yeah. if we have that sort of these things in place, then we can we can we can come through that. And I wanted to ask yourself, really, like sort of what are the things that you've took from this sort of period? Like what have you learned or installed or like tried to sort of improve about yourself through through this period? What's what's it sort of? Done for you i think it's allowed me to sort of focus a bit more and i would spent a quite a lot of the year just sort of not getting involved in too many projects and too much stuff and just be like look um just trust the process and you know, don't feel like you have to do everything or get involved in everything because you know you'll stress yourself out and burn out and i'm glad i sort of got into that habit so that i could really throw myself into the work that we've been doing at work and some of the stuff outside of work that is um i guess that sort of like helped me get through it and helped me sort of focus and, you know, being of, that has allowed me to sort of be of some use to, to the, to the community and things. But um, I don't know, it's like what I was saying before. I just think it's like, there's been so many examples of division. There's been so many examples of people uniting and it's just like, I'm, and I feel really quite bad saying this, but just of like, you know, some moments have really shocked me in how people can be so supportive like perfect example of this look you look at what happened with george floyd's murder with george floyd's death depending on how you want to call it and the black lives matter protests the three four that we've had here in hull um i was like i was quite surprised to see how so many 
you know, white people have got involved with this because in the past where there have been things like this, it has turnouts for protests and turnouts for people that have been genuinely wanting to engage with those this sort of stuff. It's been predominantly black people or, you know, even, even, even that, you know, it's very small numbers, but when you get in like five to 800 turning up for the first one and then you get in 1500 to 2000 turning up to the second one and the numbers keep growing and people, numbers keep sh- get their shrink, but you're getting the, the more the same people coming by and wanting to engage and take part. It's just wild, do you know what I mean? And like, you know, this is someone who's like 32 years old who's thinking, you know, what's what's in it for everyone else? But no, people are listening, people are waking up. And you know, I, I'm a big um, believer in autonomy, but I'm also a big believer in like everything happening for a reason. I think these two have met in the middle where, you know, we've had this global pandemic and we had this whole sort of like um, Black Lives Matter um, movement with the spotlight on it and so many people have, taken to it and listened and it's the same thing with everything that's going on with covid i mean people speaking to their neighbors for the first time people reconnecting with family members you know what i mean people making it people realizing what friendships are and how friendships can be defined and obviously not letting things like this get in get in the way using the technologies like who knew what zoom was before march house party do you know what i mean now it's like it should be in the dictionary you know what i mean it shouldn't be like as a way to describe speed you know what I mean it should be a way that people have been connected and it's just like you know it's we're here and this attitude this this attitude and these like actions that people have taken on at the moment has been like quite it's always something that's been there it's a shame that it's taken a global pandemic to pull it out of people um it's questions it's it's questionable to to see what how we're how we live our lives and how we're distracted by everything else but at the end of the day it's like look you know regardless of what's happening with the numbers now as soon as we went back into lockdown mutual aid groups were back up like that people were mobilizing people were knew what the resources were people knew what would happen people knew that okay this is annoying this is frustrating i thought we was out i thought we was getting out of this but i know we can get through it i know that the resources are going to be there so it's like it's been really reassuring that like you know people have got this in them. You know, we're seeing, I guess, some of the best of humanity. And I'm always someone that's trying to look at like, you know, not only is the glass half full, but you know, the glass has got water in it. Did it mean I had that extra lever, did it mean that extra layer on it? And it's just like, you know, the water's there and the water's half full in the glass, the water is there. So, you know, we've got something to drink, you know, let's make use of the water at the moment. So, um, but it's been, yeah, it's definitely been a very sort of, interesting interesting experience and like me personally like personal relationships and and stuff a lot of stuff has changed like a lot of stuff has changed you know there's people who i haven't seen who uh who i thought i'd just be like like that you know thought this time and then there's people who you know where the gap has you know initially been wider and it's things have just been brought in because of what's going on and you know in some cases you know you know the um I guess the separation of friendships and stuff and, you know, when, when friendships sort of widen, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, my world's getting smaller, but I've kind of thought like, well, you know, the, the friendships that have sort of, that are really sort of moving forward and like the friends and family that I, you know, that I really am in, in connection with, I feel like my world's gotten bigger because there's more room and more time to spend with them rather than, you know, because the certain people that I've either, you know, I still want to say, you know, that aren't sort of necessarily occupying that space anymore. I can use it for the stuff. So, um, yeah, it's been a very um, wild and interesting, interesting year and stuff. But you know, hopefully, I've been able to sort of be there for you know as as many people, as many of the right people, I guess, as possible. 
Yeah, and that's really good that you found that you've been able to connect more with people that might have not have been as connected. Just obviously when we was working in a world where it was just like the usual, wasn't it? And obviously now it's the world's changed in terms of being more like you say, it's just it's just become where we're able to have that more time is the biggest thing I think we've noticed. We've, we appreciate time more than what we we ever thought now. Like I think before it was maybe maybe the value of money and stuff like that, but I think it's now the value of time is becoming a, wow. a much more sort of importance to people. And I just wanted to kind of like ask you, would just for the listeners, what would sort of like maybe free tips or something for people maybe just to sort of take into this lockdown to help them if there was there like three things that you would maybe... Oh man, great question. Um, I like what you said about time, time becoming more of a value because you know you're right. It is. It's you know it, it, the stuff that the stuff that I've seen some friends do with the time. You know, I mean, some friends have you know gone one way, and there's no right or wrong way to get through lockdown at all. There's no right way to get through it. as long as you get through it. You know, what I mean, that's important. You know, what I mean, you're happy. And we talked about this on the show the other week. Um, if you're spending the lockdown binge watching films getting comfortable, make sure you are 100% comfortable on that couch and you're watching some of the most entertaining stuff because whatever you're doing, just go all out. Do you know what I mean? If you're eating food, make sure you're eating some of the best stuff, stuff that all the stuff that you like. Because um, I've just seen some people throw themselves into things that they've wanted to try but haven't really been able to give them give, give enough time to it and stuff that like, you know, I didn't realise these guys had it in them. Didn't mean all these people were like, what are you doing this? This is incredible. And they've, they've blown with it. And I'm like, Look, you've given so many people opportunities to sort of either restart and rekindle, um, renew, and that, that's been a beautiful thing. So I think on that, um, I would say just get through lockdown, however way you want. If it's something you feel like doing, you know, obviously it's not causing any harm to anyone else or to yourself, do it. Don't feel guilty about it. Don't feel you've got to do all this like, leveling up or be you know, productive, whatever that means. Just do what you need to do. Do you know what I mean? And get through mm. it. And like, because you might get through a box set, you might just sp- sort of spend time painting, you might spend time reading, listening to music, and you might get something out of your system and that might rekindle something. Oh, actually, you might, you know, this is like the 10th time I've watched this Sex in the City box set, but I've always loved, you know, the fashion in this. Or maybe I could like maybe do my own. And, you know, that might be the spark to sort of create your own fashion, um, uh, your own fashion line or start wanting to start working in brands you know switch up how you work if you want to go back to the job you was on so you know, do what you need to do um, and I think secondly I'm gonna um, I always like try and tell people you know you I know you, it's so important to be surrounded by the right people to be surrounded by people who are going to encourage you people that are going to challenge you you know even people that especially the people that you know say no the people that sort of either say no to you the people that like um you know really 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 like you know test you and i think that's good so i want to tell people find your tribe because i think when you've got the right people around you the right people to go to for certain things or advice or to be around for certain stuff advice you know what i mean to sort of like pour your heart out to you know that we're creatures of community do you know what i mean and that's you know that's why when people live on their own they you know can get depression they can you know, the mental health declines we need to be around people different people you know who have different things and i'm not saying that relationships are give and take but you know we give to the people we care about we want to be around and we allow them to take from us and it's like you know it works and it's an equilibrium isn't it it balances itself out and um, so you yeah, find those people and it can take time and it's going to be trial and error sometimes you know when people are walking out of your life that's you know, maybe that you know it was that, that exchange of sort of the meeting of minds and energies is done. Did it mean oh, there's not much more you can get from each other, and you you can't really take it any further? And that 
in my mind, can sometimes leave room for other people or for me to sort of go deeper with other others. And then um, my mate, uh, the third, the third thing I'll definitely say, like my mate Warby was saying this on his um on his Facebook. I said I'm gonna have to steal this for work. It's like no matter what's happening, reach out to your dudes and dudettes. You know what I mean? If you know if if stuff's getting on your mind, drop someone a text, uh, give someone a call, send them a message or something like that. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, and um, I know some people have a system where like with certain friends uh, if they're feeling really low if they're feeling really bad they have like any emoji or any word or an emoji or a word that they send to someone where it's like i don't know is it like you know that emoji or is it like you know what I mean? whatever do you know what I mean? or you know all this sort of stuff and it's just a signal it's signal to some friends where it's like okay i need to do this person is saying that they either they want me to speak to them or they want to vent or they, they just need me to be around now so um yeah i think that, that would be it so definitely just sort of lean into it, do what feels good, do what you need to do, find your tribe and um, yeah, reach out to your dudes and do that. Honestly, that's some really great advice. I certainly agree with the reaching out. One of my favorite things in reaching out and it's something I, I'll be honest, I wasn't comfortable doing at first, but voice really? notes, sending voice notes to people in terms of on WhatsApp or on Facebook. And I think people kind of get a bit surprised by just a voice note. I think they're so used to text and, and, and maybe the occasional phone call, but like a voice note to actually hear your voice and, and know that it actually means something. I think that's something that people should certainly look at maybe doing a bit more to, to make it more personal. I think would be That's a really, really great, idea, yeah. a, a really like great that. one. And to kind of follow on with your tribe thing, I kind of, I'm kind of a little bit of a pro, well, not a promo, a kind of um, something I did. I, I've created a little bit of a tribe recently where I decided, nice. like I say, with Stay Humble, I wanted to do a support bubble for people that maybe were going through another lockdown and didn't have that support group. So I started that yesterday um, and, and got people sort of sharing sort of three things that were their accomplishments for the day. And it was great to see people that I've probably never even spoke or talked to each other ever in their life, sharing these sort of their sort of accomplishments and, and what they were wanting to get out from the group. And that was a, a massive, you know, buzz for myself. And, you know, that's certainly something in terms of creating a tribe is, is something I'm looking forward to using throughout this lockdown. I think that's class because you get, you know, if you've got people, like you said, who've never met each other, um, there's good, some people feel a bit more comfortable talking to a stranger, don't they? They feel like this person who doesn't know me is not going to judge me. And I feel like I'm just verbally, just emotionally getting the weight out, not necessarily dumping it on someone else, but when you do do that sort of thing with a stranger, it's like I can just walk away from it now and you know not have to worry about you know, following up the conversation. So that's a really good idea. Like I'll have to mention it at work because we're always looking out for individuals and groups that are doing this sort of thing. That's if you want, obviously, you want us to, Try and broadcast it to widen it out. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Oh, be yeah, awesome. I, I love that. That's the type of stuff that we look for. Whether we look for anything really on the make a difference that you know makes a difference in someone else's life. But I think that's that's fantastic. The voice notes and the um the the support bubbles. Like that's um that's class. Yeah, and what I want to talk about now. I know it's difficult to sort of foresee this, but what do you see in the future for yourself? You know, what do you, what have you got any aims or goals, or is it just too? You know, obviously, I know it's challenging with with what's what's ahead with with what's going on. But what, is there anything that you've got in the pipeline that you could aim for in the future? I get. I, I don't know if I've got anything in the pipeline. I do have this. Um, so when I went to Harry Potter World about two years ago with some friends, and uh, one of my mates got it for me and my other friend for, for as a Christmas gift. I bought this like this like diary. So um, it's a Hufflepuff one. Amber and uh, Amber and Blue for Life. Big up the badgers. Hold the badgers. <laughs> um, and like, I, 
every morning I do like 10, 15 minutes of like meditation, like sort of meditate on the day, how I want it to go and like the goals that I've like sort of planned. Um, I've sort of, I say, my, I've, you know, things that I've, I've been writing ever, ever since I started doing mindfulness about five, six years ago, just, you know, the most common things that come up because things change and things that I want to work towards or things that I want and, um, you know, fluctuate now and then. But the main ones have been, you know, I've always, I think as a kid, the goal for me was I'd love to be on Radio 1 um, and just doing a show on there. And, you know, there's been a few, like, there's areas of radio broadcasts I'd like to work in. I love, I think Radio 1's absolutely fantastic. I've, I listen to a lot of Beats 1, a lot of internet radio and stuff in the States. So it's just been able to sort of, like, I guess, you know, that was what I was dreaming of. But then I just keep thinking of, I just want to make this breakfast show as good as it can be. Did it mean, like, I said, you know, stop focusing on that stuff. And just think about, okay, how can we make this breakfast show as good and as reliable? And, you know, everybody, I say everybody, everybody's got something to dip in. If you want to dip in on Tuesday when we talk about this, or we have this theme, that's great. Or if Fridays are your thing where it's, we have a bit of fun. Or if you want to stay on Wednesdays, you know, for hump day to have a laugh, you know, come for a hump day. Do you know what I mean? If, as long as we've got some of that, someone could come in, that's, that's great. And I guess just being able to, again, tell stories because that's what we do and, you know, whether it's like telling stories through my own writing and um, um, from my own storytelling and working on projects with um, my friends. I've got a little um, production group called CTK with some good mates from uni and we did this vegan cooking channel and we've done short films and all sorts. We just get together a couple um, couple of times a week, discuss stuff that we're working on and film when we can and just, you know, just working with people who just want to tell stories that can eventually make a difference because I think... When you asked me about a purpose, I kind of forgot that to mention quite a lot of it, a lot of the stuff that was driving me, especially in my early, like early 20s was, you know, not seeing a lot of media and people on the screen who look like me, like not seeing a lot of black presenters, but radio was different because all you heard was someone's voice and you couldn't tell who it was. You couldn't tell what, you know, where they, where were they, where they were from, the color of the skin or whatever. So that's why radio for me was like, so like, you know, that it felt like it didn't matter. I could go in there when there were so many other things where race was an issue or, you know, the, you know, how I looked versus how I sound was always some issues when I like applying for certain, for certain stuff. But um, yeah, I just want to be able to be in that world. So, you know, we can set an example and show, you know, other young black kids and other kids that feel like they're a bit of an outsider, feel like they're a bit of an outlier that, you know, all you have to do, all you have to be is yourself. Or, you know, you don't have to be like this person. You can draw inspiration from these people. But at the end of the day, everything that you are and the way that you consume and react to the world, no one else can do that but you. So lean into that more and don't necessarily lean into who your idols are because you don't want to be a carbon copy, another version of. You You know, you want to be in a position where, you know, you want people to be like, oh, they're, you know, or they're, they're a bit like Kofi Smiles, but they do this. Do you know what I mean? People will use you as an, as an, as an adjective. But then you should be going forth to tell people that nah, just, you know, it's cool that you're inspired by what we do, but then go and do your stuff. So, yeah, it's just it's just storytelling, really, whether that's like, um, uh, I don't know, a, a, a TV show or a, a drama on Netflix or Amazon Prime or if I'm writing my own like anime or manga or if I'm writing my own comic books or, you know. Right, and you know, I've had loads of ideas, and there's been a story I've been working on, which I was like, "Oh my god, I can imagine this!" You know, getting the you know the Disney Pixar treatment. Do you know? Do you know that sort of stuff? It's just any stories that have been inspired by like conversations or music and stuff. And I mean, it just involves in this world and helping other people sort of realize their dreams and potential. Then um, 
yeah, and feeling heard as well, just making people feel heard because even though everyone's got like mobile phones and laptops and stuff, there's so much noise out there. It's like, how do we sort of really help people sort of get out there and feel that knowledge and feel heard? So that, I know that seems like such like a um, sort of wishy-washy thing, but, you know, essentially, yeah, being involved in broadcasting and being able to sort of write and film and tell stories and that sort of stuff, really. No, that sounds that sounds great that you've still want to be able to inspire others and and certainly obviously it'd be great to hear like or see what future stories that you may create in the future and and, and look forward to hearing them. And um, what I would like to do is I like to go on my final two questions. So my first one of which is um, what does it mean to be human for you? What does it mean to be human? That is a fantastic question <laughs> oh that's great i'm gonna have to steal that uh, so, uh, what does it mean to be human um i guess it's like i'm gonna try and tie it with like my i guess human i guess humanity for me revolves around like compassion and empathy because as I mentioned before you know we are creatures of we're creatures of community and I think we can only live in communities if we um, understand and if we listen and if we care about each other. I'm like, we can still, you know, we, you and I can have a disagreement on, do you know what I mean? And um, what is the best flavor ice cream or, you know, how we, you know, divide uh, the, the day's hunting or food gathering, you know, we can disagree on that, but then it's not going to lead me to sort of not care. But maybe like, you know, the one thing we have in common there is like we want to both divide it up in the best way we see possible for not just ourselves, but the people around us. And that's the similarity there. And I think like once you understand compassion, once you understand, okay, everybody has a need to be um, to be understood, to be listened to, to be heard, to be loved. And um, I feel like a reaching compassion, you can only get there through empathy, which is sort of understanding another person and understanding that another person has needs and understanding yeah. how other people feel even if you don't feel a certain way so like you know we see it all the time you know different groups you know look at feminism look at black lives matter and um, look at look at pride it's like okay um some of us might not be i, I might not be able to identify what it's like to be um a, someone a, a gay person but like i, I can't turn i can't turn my my nose up i can't turn my face up at the oppression that they feel and deny them because just because i haven't I experienced them um, homophobia i can't say it's not real do you know what i mean you know you've just got to just look, look and listen to an individual and be like look i might not be able to understand your experience but like, i can see it's hurting you what can i do to help and stuff and i think you know yeah, personally the two i think that's where we start with humanity do you know what i mean because you, you know you, you remove one you can empathize with someone but then you can also like i get what i get what you you know i sort of get what you feel but then part of me doesn't really care do you know what i mean and i think you need the two to sort of work in unison so i think yeah i would go with you know being what it means to be human i would roll with empathy and compassion because i think they're two things that have you know one thing as much as people have cared as much as compassion and empathy i've seen i've seen what happens when when people lack it as well it's not nice it's not good yeah, I, I I would definitely agree that compassion and empathy are certainly important things in terms of being human and being social animals. We need that sort of thing to get through our day-to-day thing. And I certainly think that's something that we've seen, hopefully we are seeing more now than ever, like say, during this period in time. And I'd love to ask you finally, is what keep, what keep, like what helps you stay humble? What keeps you humble? Is it family? Is it friends? Yeah, you know, I think definitely family and friends. Um 
And I just, yeah, I think it was definitely, I think it's definitely family and friends because it's just, family, friends, and also, you know, you know, strangers are just, I guess, are just the friends you've never met. And it's like, my mum's always said, no matter where you are in life, no matter what you do, and you lift as you rise. So no matter where you go, you bring people along with you. So if I'm doing something in a certain space and it's just like, okay, um, okay, we're looking for someone who's, you know, who's involved with the community, who's also heavily involved with sports. And, you know, it's got, it's got his different certain media, but like, okay, okay, okay. Um, I know this guy called David, do you know what I mean? Like, I might have the skills to be able to do something here, but like, I know someone else that would probably fit it better. Let me put you in touch with them. Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. helping people get through the door. I think I know that because it took me so long to get involved and get work and get jobs in media, you know, so many doors have been shut. People saying that they're offering help didn't help. And it's just like, you know, I don't want anyone to feel that sort of, that sort of feeling. So it's like, how can I help people sort of, how can I help people come through? So it's always been about like, you know, not separating yourself from people, not seeing yourself as up there and doing there and like understanding that everyone is on a level playing field no one's defined by the job that they do no one's defined defined by where they live or, or shouldn't be defined by the job their job where they live and um, their interests their hobbies you know people should be you know, you know what is it that Martin Luther King was saying you know we judge people based on the content of their character and if your if your character is good then you know by all means come on board get along with it so I think because I'm surrounded by so many people doing different stuff at different stages and how everybody seems to be wanting to help each other and being part of that sort of environment um, I guess that keeps you humble. And plus, you know, you see, I get, you know, seeing, seeing how so many different types of people, so many different dem- demographics of people live, how so many different types of people have made things work, either having so much, very little, or nothing at all. You know, that definitely grounds you. That definitely grounds you in thinking like, okay, well, you know, people are making the most out of you know not having a lot not having anything you know i someone who i think might you know who might consider himself to have something in it it's like come on you know what's the excuse do you know what i mean why are you putting the effort in and why aren't you sort of working why are you learning from um why are you learning from individuals other people around you that are in different situations so but yeah i think it, it just start with friends and family i know like my sisters and my mom definitely keep us um, humble and i've got some good friends that will like definitely give me a lot of grief <laughs> if i was like stepping out of order but or you know or, or like i don't know letting the show and stuff get to my head but i don't think i do because i, I don't really see myself don't really see myself or um i don't know it's just never really been you know, an attitude to have really sort of thing but um it's a it's a tough question that <laughs> I, lo- I love that response that you give though like in terms of the people around you like you say you've got to bring those people that you feel like might be might be below you come up to come up with you and you want to be the people that are above you that want to bring you up as well i think mm-hmm. that's a, a massive thing that people should do in terms of support and i think that's a really good point that you made there in terms of staying humble yeah and it's like in i wouldn't want to sort of make it sound like i'm saying everyone's sort of like ranked and you know there's gradings and stuff but you know, there's some people in a certain stage of their life where they need a little bit of a hand up. Do you know what I mean? It's, you know, or the, and there's some people where, you know, I'll be looking, I'll be looking at and thinking maybe they'll be able to sort of help me navigate into that space. So it's creating almost like this, like, uh, like sort of like, um, you know, human chain of just like, you know, okay, well, I might know someone who's in a position over there that you want to be in. Let me connect you guys or something. So yeah, it's, um, it is, it's, it's tricky because I think we, we get taught that there's not enough room. I think like 
one of the things is like there's so much competition there's so few spaces that's like it's got to be me and no one else do you know what I mean so we even if there's I've, I've, I've experienced situations where people haven't wanted a certain position or wanted to do a certain thing but they've frozen other people out because it's like even though they don't want it they want, don't want other people to sort of bypass them and like I've seen people do it I've been like that's really weird do you know what I mean it's like well if you're doing this to someone who you know quite well I'm a I'm, yeah, I'm closer to a stranger than to a friend to you. What are you going to do to me? And it's, it's quite like, yeah, some people can be quite snarky. So it's always avoiding, well, not even avoiding, not even sort of contemplating having to put myself in that sort of situation in the future. But uh, no, I really like those. Those, you know, what does it mean to be human? And, you know, how do you stay humble? Brilliant questions. <laughs> Thank you. And finally, I just want to give you sort of a platform for yourself just to sort of let people know how they can reach you. Obviously, I know you You've got your radio show on Humberside in the morning, um, in the weekdays. What, what other ways could people reach out to you? Oh, man, like, if you want to send me an email, we've got Kofi, which is obviously K-O-F-I at bbc.co.uk, um, Kofi.smiles at bbc.co.uk. I'm literally Kofi underscore smiles on all, on all social media, so Twitter, on Instagram, uh, Facebook. You can just find us on there. And so, you know, fire a message, do you know what I mean? Um, whatever. And like, I'm really bad at replying. And David, as you know, I'm so sorry. Do you know what I mean? Because I generally get back from work and I'll put my phone down and I'll have a quick go on my PlayStation. I'll read and I'll just be cracking on with some other stuff. And um, I think because we're on it so much during the day, you don't really look at them in the evening, do you? especially when we're using things like Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Because you've been on it all morning, all afternoon. You're like, oh, it's the last thing you want to look at in the evening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm generally just, you know, just curvy smiles. You find us send me an email, drop me a message and any questions, any way I can help at all, you know, I'll do my best, you know, especially if you are doing stuff. If you think that like, one of the things I'm trying to do is get people to feel a bit more entitled about getting in touch with us at the BBC with stories or things that they're up to or things that they figured out because quite a lot of the time, so many people, so many people in Hull, in East Yorkshire, Northern Lincolnshire are doing some cool stuff, but because it's part of their day to day, oh, it's just what I do as a hobby or it's just what I do with some friends. Well, the, um, quarter of a million people that are out there or you know the half a million people that are sort of within our patch they don't know about that they might think that's interesting get in touch with us and we'll be able to try and you know find the show find the time to get you on on to come and talk about this because someone else will be listening or someone else might be listening who knows someone that's going to be into that thing might be curious about it and put them in touch with you so it's just about making people feel like look getting that confidence back up which we saw during 2017 but actually I'm interested in this. I'm doing this cool thing and I want people to know about it. So yeah, help us, let us help, help us help you amplify that message. So I've really, I've really enjoyed this conversation with you, Kofi. And like I say, thank you for staying humble with me today. Oh no, thank you for inviting us on to stay humble. And like, I really enjoyed it as well. I think it's been great. And I was looking forward to it. I was like, yeah, it was one of these things I had on my calendar. I was like, you know, this is, it's always fun learning about new people and, and you know, I feel like you can learn about yourself as well when you start chatting about this, about these type of topics and stuff. And um, especially when I haven't done anything like this for a while. So yeah, Dave, thank you very much for uh, having us on. Looking forward to seeing who else you get in the, getting into the series. And if there's anyone I can try and like hook you up with, then uh, let us know. That'll be great. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really enjoyed this episode with Kofi Smiles and thought there were some great takeaways for people to use for Lockdown 2.0 as well. 
Stay Humble Support Bubble is a WhatsApp group for people to share in terms of support, in terms of sharing their thoughts and ideas with people that they've maybe not ever even spoke to in their life on a, an open platform. And it's really interesting to see what people have already shared on that. And if you are interested in doing such a thing, just send me a direct message or on either Stay Humble on Facebook or on Instagram.